Hello and welcome to the Undetected Narcissist Podcast. I am really excited to be talking to you today about why is love bombing bad? Recently, I was a guest speaker at an empowering empath class and a student asked me, why is love bombing bad? She went on to say that so many people that talk about narcissism make it seem bad, but doesn't everyone love bomb a person when they start dating? I loved her question and I want to talk about it today with you. My answer, like most times, is yes and no. So first, let's talk about the no, meaning not everyone love bombs when they start dating. When you meet someone new, it should be fun and exciting. You are flirting with each other and discovering what makes this new person in your life different from other people. Do they make you smile, laugh, feel comfortable and accepted? Are they listening to you? And I mean really listening to you. Does this new person validate what you have to say, think and feel? Are they considerate, conscientious, respectful? optimistic and understanding and are you really listening to them are you connecting with each other and do they give you maybe strange vibes what are their core values and do they match your own in ways it can feel like you are both love bombing each other because there are times when you can be so excited to meet this new person you want to know everything about them you might want to show appreciation by sending them text messages, giving them a gift, or wanting to spend more time with them. This is normal and it's all good. I view it as a healthy way of connecting with a new person and not a manipulative style of love bombing. So if the word love bombing makes you feel bad about yourself or triggered, do not worry. You might love bomb when you meet someone new. And that's okay. You are just not doing it to manipulate or control that new person. You're just overly excited and curious. And that's great. Dating is a courtship to see if you are both compatible. Some people have deal breakers and that is why communication and taking it slow is key. Jumping into bed too quickly can either make your connection stronger or it can destroy it. Well, how? While most couples do not talk about sex during the first or second date, you are more likely to try to discover if there's any chemistry or connection first. And connection is the key to any lasting relationship. Now, if you have an attachment disorder, it can make it more challenging for you to allow someone in your personal space or bubble. The real difference is I have found in love bombing is decent people, and I mean decent people, do not have hidden agendas when it comes to love bombing another person. And I'll explain this more in details very soon. If the person is narcissistic, their main goal might be to get you in bed. And that's where they will talk about sex ASAP. They'll talk about it on the first date, the second date, they'll even text you messages. and. That can be rather alarming for some people. Some people, yes, can fall for this trick and others do find it offensive. Why it should be a red flag is there are people out there that just want another person to use that other person sexually. 
they don't care about your feelings or forming a connection because their main goal is to get you in bed, discard you and ghost you. The act of getting you in bed is one example of a hidden agenda. The charms, flattery, flirting and sexual tension building is an act of deception. The person might be very attractive and you might just want to sleep with them as well, but there will come a time in your life when meaningless sex is no longer enjoyable. Sex is about connecting, opening yourself up to another person and allowing yourself to be vulnerable. When you are not connecting, it can feel like you're having sex with a friend and you might even regret it later. One person might feel like they formed a connection and the other one with the hidden agenda will think or feel the exact opposite. If you decide to just use each other, this is a risk you'll just have to take. All I have to say is it can hurt a person's feelings when he or she believed they were connecting because they experienced great sex. But when that person turns cold and kicks the other one out of bed, well, it can be heartbreaking. It can take weeks or even months to recover from that one major rejection. And that is why I avoid having sex right away. I do not know the other person's sexual history. Do they have any transmittable diseases? Are they grooming you for some other hidden agenda? And or are any bells or whistles going off on your head saying something just doesn't feel right? Having meaningless sex it can be dangerous, especially in our time of world right now. That is why I encourage people to take your time and to get to know more about this person before you allow them into your personal and professional life. And if you have a child or children, it is imperative that you do take it slow for their comfort level and peace of mind. Now, when you are dating someone new, people will show you love in the way that makes them feel love. The book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman explains this in details. I highly recommend his book. If you click on the link that I have in this blog post, it will give you the opportunity to take this fun quiz. If the person feels, let's say for example, love is when you give something that person might enjoy giving you gifts like flowers or taking you out to dinner or taking you to the movies. Now, if a person needs praise, they might leave you love notes. If a person is into physical touch, they might enjoy holding your hand, snuggling or being intimate. This is all healthy and normal. The person is trying to figure you out and they're doing things, you know, that they enjoy the same exact thing. So I need to point this out that if and when you have a child with, let's say, someone special, the love language can change. So just keep that in mind because you might need more. I need acts of service. I need you to help me around the house now because we have this small infant. And actually that did happen with me. One of my main love language shifted when we had our child. And so just know that that can happen and sometimes taking the test or the quiz periodically, maybe once a year or you have life changes, just see if it's still the same or if the numbers have shifted. So let's move on. When it comes to dating someone new and if you are serious about this person, there are some fun couple games to play. 
why I recommend these games is it takes the pressure off you to sometimes ask embarrassing or awkward questions. Plus at times, we can get brain fog. Your mind has so many questions you wanna ask this new person and you just don't know where to start. Couple games can be the best solution for self-discovery and connection. I just played Let's Get Deep and I learned so much about my partner. From the web's website, Best Self, there are a few card decks to help couples that are just dating, starting to form intimacy, and are in a relationship. There are even cards for just meeting someone like Icebreaker, Deeper Talk, and Little Talk. Little Talk allows you to connect to your kids as well as your partner's kids. There are even decks to discover your core values. And there's an impact deck that will help you show up and step up. Why these tools are so important is we can stumble on our own words, feelings, and thoughts. You could be dating a person and you have practice, practice, practice. What am I going to say to them over and over and over? <laughs> when they are standing in front of your face, your mind can go blank. You could freeze and you could feel so self-conscious because you really like this person. So having something already written down and in a form of a fun game will reduce that pressure and it takes the pressure off the other person as well. Now let's talk about how love bombing is bad. Love bombing is like a smoke cloud. The person love bombing you does not want you to see the real person behind the mask. It's about power and control. And when I have met a single narcissist, they always have a sad love story. It can seem like an SOS that they need to be saved by a new relationship with you. Why love bombing is bad thing is because this technique used by narcissistic people and abusers is to manipulate you. Here are a few reasons for their manipulation. Number one, they have nothing to offer you personality-wise, and they just want to get you into bed as a conquest. Number two, their personality is toxic, so they compensate by giving you gifts and excessive praise. Number three, they have a hidden agenda. And I have a section, I'll give you a bunch of examples. Number four, they need to be saved and feel loved by another person. They might even fear being alone or single. And the last one, number five, they feel the need to be in control when in a relationship to prove something to their wounded self. Now I have this really cool picture on my blog post that says, don't let anyone rent a space in your head unless they're a good tenant, which is great. Now, here are some red flags to watch when dating someone new. Number one, you might be manipulated into doing something they want after doing something over the top for you. They might buy you a big purchase item get you into a private party or club, or take you on an extravagant vacation. Those are good reasons 
to like be on alert. I mean, it's nice that someone is over the top getting you into these things, but they always have a hidden agenda. And so there are three good examples of this on Netflix. There's Inventing Anna, there's Bad Vegan, and there's also the Tinder Swindler. These shows reveal that the narcissist did have a hidden agenda. Number two, sending you intense love messages and then disappearing without an explanation for days. That's another red flag. Number three, surprising you randomly at work, let's say a social gathering or girls night out to pressure you into spending more time with them. Number four, doing their best to isolate you from others and to manipulate you into wanting to spend more time with them. Number five, showering you with compliments, but then insult you when you don't go along with their desires. Number six, they jokingly insult your friends, a coworker that flirts with you, or a family member that can feel something is off with this new love interest. And the last one, number seven, you are their soulmate and they can see a future with you. Even when you're still a complete stranger, they will fill your heads with fairy tale love because they want to make you feel bad for being single and alone. Like being single and alone is a bad thing when in fact it is not. What are the benefits of love bombing you from a narcissist or abuser's perspective? Well, it's about winning and gaining control. Here are some examples. One, showering you with adoration, gifts, and or other forms of attention will allow them to dictate how you behave or with whom you can socialize with in the future. Number two, you can be manipulated into acting or dressing a certain way that devalues you and puts you in a position where you will seek their comfort or approval if you are embarrassed or humiliated. Number three, some may believe that spending time with you where they plan fun and exciting adventures will help them in controlling your schedule as well as who you get to spend time with. Number four, they may use generous gifts to manipulate you into feeling beholden to them and leave you entranced with their generosity, believing that they are either very wealthy, come from good stock or breeding, or have a high social status. But later, they will ask you to repay this generosity by giving them a loan. And you might believe they'll pay you back, but it's all a smokescreen because they've been having fun spending other people's money. You just didn't know it. Number five, they want you to believe that they are the only source of love and you will not find anyone better. This is why they will isolate you from people that care about you. They will belittle your achievements to become independent and or tell you that they are the only person who makes you feel really loved. Number six, their love and adoration is contingent upon doing as they say and what they want. They will push boundaries or force you to adjust your boundaries to meet their specific expectations. 
These boundaries can be either sexual, financial, social, career, or even practical. They want you to believe it is founded upon mutual affection, but it isn't. And when you do not allow them to cross those lines, they might act like an immature child. They might feel rejected and they might even start belittling you. Now, on this next subject here, what are some hidden agendas? Here's a few examples. Number one, they love spending other people's money. Number two, you have such a perfect body and appearance. I have to be with someone like you. Number three, you live a lifestyle they admire and want. Number four, they will pay less spousal and child support if they marry you. Number five, they want someone to take care of them. Number six, they hate their existing apartment and your home is so much nicer. Number seven, if one gets pregnant, it will seal the deal that you are a couple. Number eight, they plan on you moving in with them because they don't like your home. Number nine, they plan on you moving in with them because you live too far away. Number 10, if one gets pregnant, you will now live together. Number 11, you are the gatekeeper to their new career and future. What are some signs that you are being love bombed? I believe the easiest one to spot is confessions of love. Men will say that it takes about two to four months before they will confess they love someone. Newsweek has an article on when to say I love you. It stated that in a recent studies, most men say I love you on average after three months. Women can take two, three, six, and even a year to finally say those three words. When someone uses those words after hours or days from first meeting you, I would consider that a red flag. When a person says, I love you early in a relationship, or they repeatedly say, you're not like anyone else I've ever dated, you need to step back. Do you feel pressure to say those three words back? And when you do not say them back, are they starting to treat you a little different? And my personal and professional opinion, you need to slow down and reevaluate why they're being extremely forward with their feelings so early in the relationship. Grab a deck of relationship questions and learn more about this person before you give them your heart. Next, are they isolating you? Are they encouraging you or forcing you to not see your friends or family members as often as you did in the past? Have you recently started to miss out on social activities or work events? Is their social needs more important than yours? Are they planning your future together without including your thoughts or feelings? Do they consider your voice or your desires? Are they critical of your time, your hobbies, or other sources of social support? Do they try to isolate you from your children or your adult children? Do they belittle or humiliate your children? 
Do they talk about your honeymoon even though you've never talked about getting married? And do they talk about the babies you will have together even though you've never talked about getting married? Do they become cold and punish you by withdrawing or withholding expressions of love when they don't get what they want? And how do they talk about their ex? Do they insult, embarrass, complain, or treat the wait staff or restaurant workers poorly? Do they dictate on what you can eat or what you can even wear? You need to take it slow because everyone experiences the honeymoon phase. Each step you take in a relationship is important and must be addressed. There is a step of core values beliefs, hobbies, friends, family, social time, spiritual or religious beliefs, career, finances, and many more steps that must be taken into consideration to see if you're even compatible. What I've learned about a narcissist or abuser is they hate to take it slow. That is why it is best to ask questions. And trust me, a narcissist is not sometimes like being asked questions. A decent person, on the other hand, they enjoy being asked questions because they want to get to know you. A narcissist or abuser does not want to be exposed. That is why playing a game of connection and communication can throw them off their game. That is why I suggest you play these games with other people being present. You will want everyone's perspective on certain topics and you might be surprised when the narcissist or abuser is not in alignment with what decent people find agreeable or acceptable. Next, talk to your friends or the family members that you played the game with and ask them, how did you feel about playing the game? Let's say the go deeper game. What did you learn about each other? What did you learn about your new partner? Is your new partner being overly sarcastic argumentative or finds the game a big joke if they do well that's a big flag to me a big red flag there are six different types of toxic people and I have this really cute image that I got from mind journal about the six different types so the first type is the narcissist they only care about themselves they lack empathy and they truly believe they are better than everyone around them there's the energy vampire. They drain you of energy and they overwhelm you. They create problems and feed on the negativity and they criticize and bully you. The controller, they try to control everything around them. They need to be in charge of every decision and it makes you feel like you can't do anything right. There's a compulsive liar. They tell white lies constantly. They manipulate and gaslight you. And those are the masters of guilt tripping. The next one is the drama magnet. This type of person feeds off the gossip and drama. Drama seems to follow them and they create it. And it also puts you in an uncomfortable position. And then the last one is the green eyed. And I never heard of this one before. And this one's interesting. The green-eyed cannot be happy for other people's good fortune. These one types of people, they play the victim 
and they minimize other people to feel better about themselves. Now, another way that I found to expose a narcissist is they are not solution oriented. When something does not go well in their favor, they like to stay stuck in blame. So you can try asking them solution questions. If and when you try to give them solutions, is their brain freezing? For them to find an acceptable solution, it must be self-serving or they'll not agree upon the other positive healthy solution to their problems. Now back to the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase can last up to six months all the way up to three years. Once the honeymoon phase is over, it can be easier for you to detect if your partner is truly love bombing you. However, you just might be too invested in the relationship. You could be holding out in hopes that things might change. But just remember that love isn't supposed to be manipulative in any form, manner, or fashion. Remember, you have a voice. How you think and feel matters. Love and falling in love is a wonderful feeling. Therefore, I like to think of falling in love like a fine wine. You want to savor it, not chug it. So sip, laugh, play. Be your authentic self, sip some more, and enjoy the journey of falling in love. So thank you for listening to the Undetected Narcissist podcast. I'm excited to announce that I am a partner of the Mental Health News Radio Network. I'm really excited to be a part of that team. So I want you all to have a fantastic day. I hope you loved listening to this why is love bombing bad? And understanding that not all love bombing is bad. You know, there's both sides to every situation. So have a fantastic day and thanks again. Bye.